One word that is overused and misused in our culture today is the word love. And I think because of that, so many people, they, they hear others talk about love, but they just wonder, well, am I really loved? Well, welcome to Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. It's uh, hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And what we want to be talking about today is how can we be sure of love, but more, more pointed and focused, how can we be sure of God's love? Uh, Chris, it's good to be with you for another podcast today. Thanks, Lynn. Good to good to see you. Uh, good to have Brian Gass with us. Brian is one of yes. our content editors here at Lifeway. Great to right. be here. Thanks, guys, for inviting me. And Chris, I got to tell you, just a few weeks ago, I uh, had a free Sunday. So I ventured down to where Brian is a bivocational pastor. And Brian and I've worked together for several, several years here. And first time I got to hear Brian preach. And Chris, let me just tell you, Brian knows how to preach. It was a very good service. So, so thanks, I appreciate Brian. hearing that. Thanks, man. I, I, I did not pre- appreciate you telling some folks that you were from a pulpit <laughs> search committee. But uh, other than that, I thought things went well. Yeah. So, well played, Lynn. Well played. Oh, yeah. I, I, I feel bad. I'm feeling better now. Okay. So that, <laughs> did, did one lady uh, say that she was getting security to remove you? Yeah, she, she knew I was kidding, but still, she <laughs> says, uh, okay, we're going to call security on you. But Very it was a good affirming. service. Thank you. And so, uh, Brian, we are glad you joined us as we jump into this study. So, Chris, let's see, we're in what? Our, we're in our fifth session, aren't we? We are. We're, we've, we're talking about uh, the topic is no doubt. We've been looking at passages out of First John, and we continue to do that today. So right. we're talking about love. Lynn, you mentioned that earlier. Uh, and it's interesting that that's our topic of conversation, especially in light of the reality that we, we live in a world where there uh, is a significant amount of rhetoric with hate, division, and picking sides. And uh, we see that politically, socially, and just all kinds of ways. And we just need to be aware that this is um, a timely lesson for us. I think it is. So as we're going to jump into this passage in 1 John, let's just keep in mind what our focus is. God's love is seen when we love others just as he has loved us. Uh, so it's, there's going to be a connection as we talk about God's love, but it, of course, it's going to look at how we are to reflect that love as well. Hey, guys, let me just jump us into, we're in First John chapter 4 uh, for this session, uh, and, and um, we're going to start out at the first little section, verses 7 through 10. It's just this idea that we know we're loved because God sent Jesus. And let me draw our attention to verses 9 and 10. God's love was revealed among us in this. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So I'm grateful for uh, this focus. Um, John, throughout, this is this is not the first time that he's decided to talk about love. He, he has said on multiple occasions, uh, this is at least the third time where he has uh, admonished his listeners, his readers to love each other. And, and we're reminded that John made uh, highlighted this in the gospel where he said, Jesus said, this is a new commandment. I give you love one another. So this is important for us to understand that this, this is who God is and this is his expectation 
his expectation for his people. Yeah, it's one the very the nature I, of God. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things I really appreciated was him drawing the perspective that the greatness of God's love is observed in the value of the gift that God had sent his one and only son. And so that is the focus of the gospel. He mentions also that, uh, that the word um, is used in Hebrews for Isaac in, uh, in Abraham's uh, sacrifice. And I thought that was an interesting thing to break out. For, the one, uh, the one and only dynamic. Yeah, right. That's right. So uh, we'll actually be, nice, we'll I actually think. be we'll actually be talking about that in a few weeks when we when we're looking at the life of Abraham, and we'll we'll note that uh, God said to Abraham, "Take your son Isaac, your one and only son." So yeah, that's a great point. Thanks for making that connection. Yeah, and for you Greek freaks, he actually brings in the uh, the word there, monogenes, <laughs> uh, not Giannis, not that kind of Greek freak, but. Uh, He's been doing well in the <laughs> playoffs, too. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's a thing- basketball reference, Lynn. I just want to talk It is. About. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I, I just love this. The principle here, and it's brought out in the personal study guides, that love is the nature of God. And uh, I mean, it is a, it's not the key attribute. I would say holiness is the key attribute of God, uh, but it is certainly a key, uh, a key attribute of God's character. His, he is a loving nature. It defines who he is. So there's a couple of great questions about God's love um, in, in this session. One of them is um, how would you, how would you explain to someone that God is love? So what to kind of get at, what does that mean? Uh, and another very good question is, in what ways has God shown his love to us? So the, the idea in in John's writing, and I think one of the things that we want to get across is this 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 expression or demonstration of love should should be visible. It should be uh, a ta- tangible act that others uh, c- can see and observe and experience. Yeah, and that is certainly true when we look at God and we try and define love and how he has loved us. We can look at ways he's intervened in our lives. And, you know, love is one of those words. If we try and define it, it's tough to define, but we know it when we see it. And so um, when I think about that, I think whatever expressions of love you see in humanity that you really appreciate, just remember it derives from God and his is even better than that. In our groups, I don't want us to just automatically assume everybody fully understands and appreciates uh, the love of God. Um, Hopefully they do, but there's going to be many that uh, maybe the concept is new to them. Maybe it's a a seeker in your group. Uh, There is uh, one particular question. I know, Brian, it's in your personal study guide. How do you know God loves you? And, you know, that is I love that question because it's not a question of. Uh, does God love us? That's a question many of us would be drawn to ask, but that's got a simple answer. It's either yes or no. But mm-hmm. how do you know? It's going to assume they know. They, 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 they believe God loves them, but it draws out. Let, tell me a story. How have you experienced his love? And I think it allows for us a, a good dialogue about how we've learned to understand and value and appreciate his love for us. And that's the struggle, isn't it? For many seekers who are in the room and haven't decided to follow Christ, they're probably struggling with that. Does God love me? If they assume there is a God, um, 
does God love me? And they're trying to figure all that out. And at the point that they decide, yes, he does love me, they embrace God's love and come into the family. Right. And, and this, Brian, is, I think, why discussion in our groups is so critical, as opposed to me just being up as a teacher, I'm going to stand up and just lecture my group. I allow them to discuss, how do you know God loves you? Because for that, that gentleman who's sitting there, who's, well, I'm not sure he does love me. Uh, he may not know, understand it all to hear the stories of others in the room as they talk about what happened in their life 10, 15 years ago, where God did something dramatic and they realized just how deeply God loved them. For them to hear the stories of others is a great testimony that can lead that cynic, that person who's on the fringes of questioning. It gets, you know, okay, there must be something to this love of God. Amen. All right. Well, let me take us on. Let's go on to uh, verses 11 through 13. Uh, We've talked about how uh, we know that God loves us because, well, he sent Jesus. But now it's going to turn and become very personal that we should love other people. This is verse 11. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, then we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. Putting God's love on display, um, the writer says, is to be a continuous, ongoing activity. So it should be easy uh, for people to see God's love in us. And uh, the key to loving others, of course, is in loving God. We're not going to do a good job of loving others. We don't have that first love first. So it's interesting that he makes it clear that we are to love in the same way. So we are to have this same self-giving, self-sacrificing love for others. Uh, that's, that is really coming to us strong, and it's a good reminder uh, for, for folks who've, who've been a Christian, uh, who've, people who have been Christians for a long time, uh, need to be reminded that this is who God is, and this is what he expects of us. Well, guys, I got to confess something to you. I, I'm going to just be real open here. There are some people I have a real hard time loving. <laughs> I read this passage, but there are some people. It's just hard for me to love some people. Uh, so I'm, I'm constantly convicted when I read a passage like this. I am to love like Jesus loved. Uh, and, and I know I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the only one like that, but it's a challenge for me to grow in my faith and grow in my walk with him to really love as he calls me to love. There is a statement that uh, Blake made in this passage, and this is what he said. He said, the key to loving others is in loving God. And the more we love God, the more of God's love will flow out of us toward others. Well, that's, that's very true. The deeper I get in my walk with him, the more I see his love, the more I love him in return, and the more that love is going to overflow out of my life, even to those annoying people. Yeah, yeah. So one of our discussion questions is, how does God's love help us love others? And I think uh, that, that gets specifically at the issue you, you just addressed, Lynn. It does. Well, when we realize how unlovable we are sometimes, um, especially in contrast to God's holiness and everything and how we must offend him, and yet he still loves us, it makes it a lot easier for me to love others who have not injured me nearly as much as I've injured the Lord. I just finished reading this morning a book by D.A. Carson called uh, 
the God who is there. It's a very good book, by the way, extremely good book. But he talks about, he gets to the section where he talks about love and he says, we often think of love in terms of like the couple. And he uses the picture of a young, of a young couple. They're in love. They're walking the beach and he starts telling how he loves her. You know, I love the smell of your hair. I love just to look into your beautiful blue eyes, yada, yada, yada. And he says, it kind of comes down to this. I love you because you're so pleasurable to me. And he says, we often want to take that type of that view of love and equate it with God, that God loves us because he finds pleasure in us. But what Carson does, he says, the reality is you know, th- that young man is never going to say, you know, I just find your breath offensive. You know, it's hard to look <laughs> into your, your skin because of the blemishes. He, he, he doesn't talk about all the unpleasurable things. He says, but with God, there's nothing pleasing about us. And this is, we're sinners. Mm-hmm. We are rebellious people. So it's not like God says, well, I love you because you're pleasurable. He says, I love you in spite of the fact that you are very, uh, you, you've been made ugly by your sin. And I thought, when I think that that's how God loves me, and that's how God is calling me to love others. Yeah, that's unconditional for sure. Let, let me take you to our next section. Now, this is uh, verses 19 through 21, and it's really the same thought uh, that John just said, how we must love others, but it's, we're going to put a negative spin on it. Just as we saw that we must love others, uh, the negative side is, well, we must not hate. Uh, John wrote this in verse 19. We love because he first loved us. But if anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he cannot, whom he's seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. So that's more than negative, Lynn. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, he is just... So it's like he's building a case and he's, he, he finds different ways to say the same thing. But he says that even stronger here, you can't say I love God and hate your brother. You're a liar if you're saying something like that. And, and I, I appreciate the fact that he says it so um, explicitly that he, it is such a strong statement because it, 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 I think these words need to smack us in the face. And say, hey, 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 you can't hate and say that you love God. It's impossible. It's a smack, all right. I, I love to listen to the way politicians dance around calling each other uh, liars without calling each other liars, you know? <laughs> it's beyond saying he speaks with forked tongue. But uh, John definitely gets direct here. Our writer says he left no gray areas, nor did he sugarcoat his words. And I don't know. Well, Brian, since you wrote, you used the word politics and you opened that door, I'm going to go into that door uh, full blast. I All think right. this is the one area where as, as Christians, as the church of Christ, that we are messing up. Because we talk about our love for Jesus, we get together on Sundays and we sing our songs, but if the topic of the other political party comes up, whichever side you're on, we spew all sorts of venom and hate, you know, and and, uh, I have very strong political views too, but I cannot go down that road with that spewing hate toward the other side. And I think 
we have turned so many people away from the Christ we talk about, the Christ we love, because we don't exhibit love toward those who disagree with us. And I, I think this is hurting us as a church. Well, and my hope is that we'll have that kind of conversation this week in our in our groups. Uh, I, I just don't think I think that you're exactly right. And I don't think that folks in our group understand or realize um, how what a negative witness it is when when we come off sounding so uh, so hateful to the opposition. Right. And, and groups will either feed into that or they will help us to love better. I was looking at the last question we put in our personal study guide. How has our group helped us learn to love better? And I hope that that is what our groups are doing. If we're not careful, I, I know y'all probably been part of groups where it became a gripe session. You know, you can always find more to gripe about. But if at the end of this lesson, if our group can reflect on ways that we have learned to love others better, well, that'll say a lot about our group. And uh, I think it'll strengthen our church. Yeah. And I think it's, it's for most of our groups, by and large, I think they're going to all be on the same side politically, which makes it easy for those gripe sessions to happen. Mm -hmm. So, and for those groups, I think this would be great for them to have an honest discussion, not talking about the other side, but let's talk about how do I reflect the love of Jesus to the other side? I don't have to agree with them. I don't have to endorse what they, what they're trying to push on us, but how can I show the love of Christ? And I think when we find the answer to that, Brian, uh, we can really have a strong witness in, in our country. Amen. And need to, and need to. So what we discover again is how timely God's word is, how it speaks directly to our, our current uh, reality. And so uh, my hope is we'll have a very re robust conversation about the love of God and how we are to demonstrate God's love to each other. Um, too, too many great examples for this to be a bad session for us. So uh, <laughs> as, that's right. Thank you for listening. Brian, thanks for being with us. I know you're going to have a, a teaching tip in a moment, but we just want to say thanks to the, those who listen to our podcast and hope it's helpful to you and hope that it benefits you as you look to this Sunday as you gather in, in your small groups. Now, let me remind you all, uh, teachers, uh, something that's happening. As, as uh, we're in session five of this study on No Doubt, we've got one more session. But after that, we are going to start a study out of the life of Abraham called Walking in Confidence. Uh, I actually like the way these two studies dovetail together, where we learn to, we, we learned to, to uh, our doubts can be set aside because who God is, and therefore I can now walk in confidence. It's a great study of Abraham. But the reason I mention that is now is the time for you to start uh, kind of talking up this new study uh, with those in your group, maybe some absentees. And maybe there are some people that you've been trying to encourage to join your group. We have a promotional video that's out there. Uh, it's on our website, BibleStudiesForLife.com. Uh, it's, it's 60 seconds. Uh, a lot of churches, my church, we show it during the church service. Uh, but you can take that and you could post it, distribute it wherever you want to. You have full permission. Uh, put it on your, if you have a Facebook page for your group, drop it there. Put it in emails, uh, text, however you want to do that. Get that in the hands of your group members. Say, hey, this is going to just give you a little teaser about what's coming up. I think these, these videos are a great way to uh, encourage people to come and get involved in a group as you start a new study. 
So, hey, Brian, so why don't let's, uh, I'm going to turn it out to you. Uh, why don't you just share a tip with us teachers? Sure. Uh, the tip I thought I would share today is just a reminder for us as leaders to be authentic and to remember there's no ideal teacher for you to imitate out there. Um, my personality is pretty good humored in terms of how I interact with uh, the group. I joke, I tease, I tell stories that, that matter to me. Um, our guys are pretty good about going along with that. But uh, I make sure that I have a personal answer for every question before I ask it so that if you do hit <laughs> uh, a lull, um, you can make sure that you get stir the waters a little bit and get it going. But one that's not too teachery or preachery or missionary e, if that's a word, <laughs> um, one that's attainable. I don't want to set the bar so high on the uh, story that I tell that nobody else feels like answering or I would have been better off na not answering at all. So um, some group good. leaders will be more serious, some gentle, some bold. But whoever you are, be that person. And lean on the stories and experiences that matter to you. Your authenticity and your connection to the material will be contagious. And guests who are visiting with you will come back for that. Good word. Good reminder. Uh, people want uh, to experience uh, authenticity, someone who is real. And uh, so we really encourage uh, you as leaders just to be who you are, talk about your struggles, your difficulties, as well as your uh, uh, the good things that happen in your life. And uh, I think that's good advice, Brian, to think ahead and be able to answer questions that uh, uh, that are going to be asked so that you can kind of start that process going. So good word, good reminder. Again, Lynn, Brian, thanks for being a part of this podcast and most of all, we thank you who are listening. I hope this has been a bit of benefit to you, and we look forward to being with you next week.